Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 219 of Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you very much for being here today. If you have not already, make sure you go to my training site, pokercoaching.com, sign up for your completely free seven day trial and go through all the past homework, questions and quizzes. Today, we have a hand that's going to very clearly illustrate one of the things that I recently taught over at Poker Coaching in one of the homework videos where we discuss when you should have a leading range. I almost never lead into the preflop raiser, but today is one of those times. So we're playing the final table of a $10,000 buy-in poker tournament that Party Poker put on recently. And we're playing with about 20 million chips deep, maybe a little bit less, maybe like 18 million, playing 250,000, 500,000. So if we have uh, 20 million chips, we have 40 big blinds. Um, in this scenario, we're playing three-handed. Um, Preben Stocken raises to 1.1 million from the button with queen nine of hearts, which is perfectly fine. And it's on me with nine eight of clubs in the small blind. If I was shallower, like 11 million or less, I would definitely just go all in. This is a hand that, well, that's a stack size. You don't really have want to have much of a calling range with from the small blind, especially when the big blind's a good player. The big blind is Sam Greenwood, one of the best players in the world. He has a lot of chips. Um, so in that scenario, you don't really want to be seeing flops out of position with anything. Um, but with 40 big blind stacks, I think we can still call from the small blind, especially with hands that flop very, very well. So what hands flop very, very well? This is going to be medium pairs, which you don't really want to re-raise and get jammed on with, and um, good suited connected hands. And we have one of those. We have 9-8 of clubs. So I think calling's fine. We could also 3-bet. I don't think 3-betting's insane. But I thought Preben was a bit on the, on the tight side. So if he's on the tight side, I don't really want to be 3-betting him because he's going to call a lot or 4-bet a lot. And I don't really want to get called or 4-bet a lot. So I decided to call, and Sam Greenwood calls 1.1 big blinds more with jack five of clubs, which I think is perfectly good and fine. So we're going to see a flop. I'm out of position, but we get a pretty good flop. It comes nine, eight, six, two diamonds, and I have top two pair. So if you think about the range I just laid out, think about it real quick. I laid out medium pairs, or pairs in general. Clearly, nine, eight, six nails the medium pairs. Also, I said good suited connected stuff like 9 8 of clubs and jack 10 of clubs and 10 9 of clubs and stuff like that. And 9 8 6 is also quite good for that. So, in this scenario, this board should be quite good for my small blind calling range. Now, of course, I may have hands like king jack suited and king 10 suited and queen jack suited, which miss. But, you know, if you told me I led here with queen jack of hearts for a backdoor flush draw, I really wouldn't mind it. Um, because we do need to find some bluffs. I would definitely lead with Jack-10. I would definitely lead with 9-8. I would definitely lead with sets. Um, so there, there are certainly hands that I do want to lead here. And when I lead, I realize that I'm leading mostly strong hands, but we can find some bluffs from time to time as well. So I like leading because we this should connect well with my range. You may think as well, this also connects with Sam Greenwood's range and the big blind, so maybe you don't want to bluff so much. But... Um, notice Sam just called the 1.1 big blind more, which he's going to call with almost everything that's anywhere near reasonable, whereas I'm only going to be calling with pretty good stuff. So I, I think this is probably fine for me. Pot was about uh, 3 million. I bet 2.5 million into it. So this is a spot where I decided to go very big. I would also lead with flush draws as well, by the way, given the stack sizes. Um, stack size is very important here. If I check and prep and bet, so let's say 2.5 million, I don't really want to jam all in for 20, or most likely he's not going to bet 2.5. He's going to bet 1.5. I don't want to jam for 20 in that scenario. It's just too big. Um, so 
if I check raised over 1.5 million bet to about 6 million, then he could jam on me, and I certainly don't want that whenever I'm bluffing with Jack-10 or Queen-Jack or Queen-10 or the diamond draws. So if I lead and he raises to, let's say, 6 or 7 million, now I can shove and be the one who gets the fold equity on the end. You want to make sure you're the one putting in the last bet when you know you have draws in your range, and that is what I have here. Um, this time I have a very good hand, but I also have draws in my range, and it's important to note that. So I bet 2.5 million, very big. I'm already polarizing my range, which is fine, because like I just told you, I'm either betting with very good made hands or draws. And Previn is in a pickle with queen nine of hearts. He has the backdoor flush draw and top pair. Seems like a pretty easy spot to call in my mind. You may think that he should raise here for value slash protection, but note if he raises to seven million and I shove on him, that's just miserable, right? And I already essentially announced that I have a polarized range by making this very big flop bet on a very coordinated board. So do you want to get it in with a bluff catcher, essentially, which is what this queen nine of hearts is if he raises me and I shove, do you really want to get it all in in that spot? And the answer is definitely no. So calling is going to let various bad cards come off on the turn, which is not ideal. I understand that. But if you look at the alternative of just getting it in, drawing very thin part of the time, that's also not what you want. So Celestia has two evils. I think that he has to call. He does call. Turn is pretty good for me. I get the eight of hearts. So now I have a boat. And he has a backdoor flush draw. So we really want a heart to come on the river. At this point, we're just trying to figure out how I can jam the river while still looking somewhat bluff-heavy. Pot was about 8 million, and I decided to bet 3.5. If I bet 3.5, I can then shove all in on the river for about 10 million. So that's going to make the pot... If I bet 3.5 and he calls, the pot's going to go up to maybe 15 million. I can then shove the river for 10. I think that's pretty nice. We discussed this in the previous episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Make sure you go back and watch or listen to those if you have not already. And... You always want to make sure you size your bets intelligently so that you can make bets that give yourself some fold equity on the river. And again, I'm not asking how do I play 9-8 in this scenario. I'm asking how do I play my range. And my range does include some bluffs. And if I had the Jack-10 here, we're still probably going for it. Um, so anyway, I bet 3.5 million. He definitely cannot fold now. He has backdoor flush draw and top pair. Still beats all my draws. And on the river, I'm just going all in with a large portion of my range. Because here, I either have a boat or I have nothing. River's a four of diamonds, which I really did not want to see. And like I said, pot's 15 million. And it looks like I have about 10 million behind. So I have two-thirds pot. So I, I had 11.7 million behind. Um, it's about 70% uh, about pot. Looking back at this, this is an interesting spot because if you think about my range, I told you on the flop I have diamond draws, which just got there. I have sets, which already were there. Then I have queen-jack, queen-ten, and jack-ten. Well, a fourth of those just made flushes, right? So then I'm left in with probably only three combinations of each because I'm not calling the offsuit ones pre-flop. I only have nine combinations of bluffs, Okay. And I have lots and lots of nut hands. We have 9-8 suiteds. There are two of those. We have pocket nines. There's three of those. We have pocket eights. There's one of those. We have pocket sixes. There's three of those. Um, do I ever have 10-7 suited? Probably not. We have those other three flushes plus additional flushes that I would lead with. So that's... We were at seven combinations of sets, 11 counting the 9-8. Then we have three of the very obvious flush draws that I already mentioned. So that's... Um, 
10, 11, 12 combinations, plus a few other flushes, so call it like 15 combinations. And then we have nine combinations of bluffs. So I suppose this bet isn't so bad if you think if I'm bluffing every single time. I don't know if I would have chickened out or not <laughs> if I did have a queen 10 offsuit. I probably would not have just because you got to go for it. Um, and it puts him in a really, really bad spot. So I guess this bet size is fine if I'm bluffing every single uh, queen jack, queen 10, and jack 10. Otherwise, I should probably bet smaller. Let's say I know in this scenario I only check raise jack 10 and I don't check raise queen jack and queen 10. Then I only have three combinations of bluffs on the river and a whole bunch of nut hands. That means my range is very tilted towards value. When your range is very tilted towards value, you typically want to bet small, especially when your value hands are very polarized. Like right here, we have a flush or better, right? Which is pretty good when I'm value betting. In that case, I probably should have bet small. Even though the pot was very nicely set up to make a river jam, otherwise, if, if the river missed, if the river blanked, um, now I have, I would have um, way too few value hands. So that should lead me to bet like 4 million, even though I have 11.7 total. Um, if, if I am going with all the gut shots, though, like I definitely was, then I like this bet. So good. I'm happy enough with this play. I thought I was not going to like the river bet, but I do. So now what should he do with this queen nine of hearts? I think it's just a fold. Especially at a final table, you want to make sure you're not um, making big calls unless your opponents are bluffing too much. When the diamond comes, my range is definitely somewhat balanced to where he probably should not be calling in the spot with the queen nine of hearts. And he makes the big fold. A lot of people get really annoyed whenever they do make big folds like that. They think, oh man, I should have done blank, or I'm annoyed that I did not win this hand. But you see Preb in there, he just like laughs and moves on because he is a true professional. He's a very good player, and he has a very strong mindset. You cannot let wins or losses on any individual hand bother you because at the end of the day, they just don't matter. Sure, we see that we are playing for significant money right now. Um, fourth place got $100,000, so we're clearly getting more than $100,000. And you don't want to lose, but you have to realize Preppin studied the game ahead of time. And once you've studied the game, or once you go to play poker, you're coming with whatever strategy you know. And his strategy is very good. Sam Greenwood's strategy is very good. Jonathan Little's strategy is probably good enough. And we've done the work away from the table so that when we are at the table, we just show up, implement our strategy, and do our absolute best. So that's what we're all doing. And once you do that, you don't really control much. You may think you're making decisions, but in reality, your decisions were already made well ahead of time due to your hard work away from the table, which is why I suggest you go and sign up for pokercoaching.com. With the homework questions, I make you learn spots like this, and I make you balance your river range. If you're not balancing the river in spots like this, or on the river in spots like this, your opponents are gonna have really easy decisions one way or the other. And that's not what you want. So study the game ahead of time so that we, when you do find yourself playing for significant money, like I am here, you don't make really, really poor decisions. So that's what we get for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks again for being here. If you like this, share it with your friends. That would be very beneficial to me. And that's it. I'll talk to you next time. Good luck in your games.